Oh, it begins. I was thinking mm-hmm. we could just like screen sharing Camille's great intro that she's made for us, but <laughs> we don't need that much fanciness. No, we don't need fanciness. We just need Zoom Lady to tell us you're recording. So. Yes, recording is in progress. Uh, I'm 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 hosting this week, maybe. I, I guess. Yeah. I think I'm hosting and Ryan's guesting or whatever. We have uh, very ill-defined roles. I'm Ben Turner. This is, of course, Ryan Legrand. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. My wife yes, is I- sending my parents uh, houses in Omaha because she's trying to convince them to move here. So nice. no, that's uh, that's yeah. that's noble work. That's it's a useful thing to have. It's good. Yeah. 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 Uh, so shout out to your parents and your yeah. wife. Shout um, out to my dad who's actually been to a soccer game. His nice. only his only game Union Omaha game he's been to, we lost to uh, New England at home. Oh man, we are speaking of losses. Yeah, speaking of losses. So content for tonight. My parents, my parents were gonna go sit fieldside with two of their friends for our very first game ever, and then uh, like their friends ended up moving because of a job change, and <laughs> the team laid me off. And my parents have never been to a game and never asked <laughs> to go and never expressed a lick of interest. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame them. Yeah, uh, maybe someday. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I think now that uh, pretty much everybody you either worked with or for is uh, no longer there, yeah. Yeah. maybe maybe the feelings will change. Yeah, I mean, although, like, uh, as we discussed on Saturday night, uh, when you're protective as a parent, your rage sometimes knows no bounds and no forgiveness. True. Uh, so... Is that what we're going to start with on Saturday night? We could review the absolutely beautiful wedding that we went to. I've been to a lot of weddings in my time. I'd like to think of myself as a connoisseur. That was one of the better ones. That, that was an amazing wedding. So shout beautiful. out to Hunter and Olivia Fangmeyer. Yeah. Beautiful Congrats. ceremony. Yeah. Uh, some of the racier passages from the Bible were read. as the, Yeah. Uh, Which was pretty impressive at the cathedral of all places. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like the main church of the diocese, like that was that was a pretty big deal. Um, but beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, uh, Hunter and Olivia won't hear these shoutouts for a while because they also left three days after their wedding for Italy. So we're international, baby. That's right. Yeah. So uh, if any, if anybody follows us on Instagram, first of all, we barely ever post there. Yeah. Um, but we did take a pod uh, pod picture at the reception because all of us were there. Um, yeah we all shared a table and we shared a table and we watched a uh a game on a cell phone because that was how we had to do it yeah and uh i believe i uh, said at the time like the berm I, i'm not doing a lot of watching i'm doing a lot of chit-chatting yeah and, that's okay uh, yeah but let's start with uh the news of the week yeah which is uh first bit of news r.i.p to uh geo's right acl poor so, guy I know I know and like I think it struck like I felt like he was the kind of player who has not quite put it together but was Mm. in the process of putting it together in a really meaningful way for us uh keeping keeping with our theme of comparing current roster guys to former roster guys yeah the first the first thought in my head which was a terrible thought was Oh shit, is he the next EVD? <laughs> okay, Luke. <laughs> I know, but it was just like it it's just I don't know. From is what we worst what we found out, it, right? no, but from what we've know, it was a non-contact type thing. Um, you know, it it didn't seem like it was anything like major happened. It didn't uh, happen in a game. They so. they say that they say the non-contact ones are the worst. Yeah. Cuz that's the yeah. I mean, that's what, you know, Causes the CLs to go. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, hopefully he seems to be in good spirits about it. Yeah. His positive. And like, one thing I loved was the amount of support that he was getting from not only just people associated with the media empire, but our fans in general. Very positive. There's a guy who's played four games for us and has had like, you know, he's had an okay impact. Like, he's not, you know, this is not like a, you know, I mean, I don't want to say the name of a player because I don't want to jinx anyone like that, past if, or present. 
right? But it's not like it's a player who's, um, yeah, whatever. They, they said season injury, ending, right? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, so, he, he said it's his right ACL. Yeah. Uh, ACL's uh, traditionally a, a year of recovery. Yeah. For, uh, now, I will say for that being a season ending injury, his lasting impression on our team is winning a penalty in the 92nd minute. No, that's true. To make it three nil against against Fuego, so I mean, yeah, I think that's the stuff that obviously that lasts with people because they're going to remember that stuff. Um, but I think to the fans that I follow and the people I see, especially on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, once once you're an owl, you're you're an owl, and we will go to battle for you, and we will support you no matter what. It doesn't yeah. matter if you played one game, four games, whatever it is. So I, it doesn't surprise me that fans reached out to him immediately. And I think people know, like, he's a young guy. This was, you know, one of his chances. And that's not the way you want to see your first, you know, see that season end that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think there was a lot of potential there. I hope we see him back. Um, and... I just received a funny text message. I wasn't thinking of some sort of horribly grim thought. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, and you know, I, nothing, nothing but the best from us. So, sure. tough questions. Who does this help the most on our team? Who benefits the most from this? Okay, well, <laughs> I think the guy that they were hoping it benefited. I'm not sure. I, I think he had a very a decent game from what I've been able to watch back. But I think it benefits Yoscar in some ways. I um yeah. because he, he's on he's been on the team, he knows the system. Jay obviously trusted him enough to give him a start on yeah. Saturday. Um, so I think he could benefit Yoscar. Um I I wonder Isaac was on the bench. I wonder if it benefits some of the midfielders with uh Amir maybe getting a chance to push up and play where they may push other people out. Um does it benefit Ryan Jiba? Does Ryan get pushed up and uh, we move a meter to the left back and have Isaac at right back? I mean, I think that there's Jay knows what he's doing. Um, despite what I was saying Saturday when I had a few, I wasn't drinks. gonna, I wasn't gonna ask yeah. you to repeat it in this entire podcast. Tight well, seven, yeah. <laughs> can, can, uh, yeah. I had a few drinks on Saturday and. I might have been a little hurt about what happened at the end of that game. I think you had um, good reason to be. I can't wait. I uh, can't wait for the data dump segment later. That's fair. I'll put um, all of our feelings in context. I think that uh, I think that going into a bye week, it gives them a chance, essentially a bye week, but it gives us a chance yeah. to it. I whenever you and I get on, I always bring up college football, but it's always like I there's always to judge you. I know, but there's always those like fortuitous like bye weeks that happen for certain teams in college football or even pro football, uh, American football, where it's like a big injury happens or guys are kind of beat up and then, oh, we get a week off and it kind of gives everybody a chance to recoup. Um, I think a lot of our guys, even though we've only played a handful of games so far, I think a lot of our guys are pretty beat up right now. Uh, yeah. We went 120. We had a lot of guys go 120 against Chicago. Uh, we've had a lot of guys play Madison Fuego and Charlotte and all three of those were pretty physical matches um and let's let's not neglect the emotional and mental health yeah, side of this absolutely like, like a week ago we were on I think I don't know time's feeling a little goofy for me these days but yeah. you know I I think the last time we were on we were talking about J-Mims coming out and saying this is like this has been the biggest week in club history right you know and like so you have that level of expectation and then with what happened over the weekend and like you know i i think we're gonna have a little less structure than normal on this so i don't mind saying this but like i i tried to rewatch the last 10 minutes of the game uh a couple times tonight and failed but one of the things that i noticed was like guys just seemed like they were dragging like mm -hmm. like you look across that back line in the 85th minute and like everybody's everybody looks the body language looked like they were absolutely gassed and i think you know again like all the things all the caveats you were just saying like yep. it's early in the season these guys are young like 
whatever. Like you can't discount the emotional let off of every, like, you know, everything. Yeah. And, and like, you know, this time a week ago, we were like, it's all happening. We're going to go in there and crush them. Um, you know, and like we, we had a pretty dominant performance, but we just, I mean, we got, it's, that's a hard part too. Like people want to look at the table, even, mm-hmm. even league one, right? Oh, they're tied for first place. Yeah. Well, we don't know, you know, we're so early in the season. Um, you know, I'll I think I did notice we were never lower than third last year when I was, you know, but, but I, I'm standing I mean, behind what you're saying now. I, I think though, we both, we all agreed, everybody that's been on this podcast, we all agreed that this would be similar to 2020. Yeah. And the start of the 2020, now losses weren't happening, but the start of 2020. <laughs> it, earliest first loss of a Union Omaha yeah. season ever. But, you know, I, I think part of it is uh, with this team, last season we talked about how the road stretch seemed to be the thing that galvanized this team and brought them together. And I'm not saying they're not being brought together. They're not becoming cohesive as a team. But it almost seems like the road stretch this season, probably coupled with the fact that we've had two U.S. Open Cup matches in there too, it seems like it's wearing on these guys more already. Um, And (laughs) our evergreen topic of needing our own place in our own stadium, but that's, that's the type of thing that having your own stadium can can avoid in some ways of you don't start the season with three of your first four league matches and one of your two U.S. Open Cup matches being on the road. Like, if if you think about it, of the first eight games that we'll play, right, we have two more games. Mm -hmm. I I know through the 14th of May. Mm -hmm. That'll make eight, right? Five league and uh, three cup, and we'll play one of those at Warner Park. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like Morrison and Caniglia, while they're in Omaha, they still are kind of neutral site. They're not known to the team. Um, you know, it, it's just – I think it makes it rough on the guys. You know, it's it's a long season, and we're going to have a lot of home games that get smashed together again, and it's going to be great when that happens for them. But I think it's just good they get to be home. They get to be uh, – get a little extra rest. Hopefully they're not practicing extra – um i yeah some somebody in the media empire may have worried about that may have heard some concerns about that yeah i just i mean i think that they very much have have to get healthy and get mentally right and yeah the the u.s open cup match even i think before when we were like oh it's a league one team i think a lot of us were like oh we benefit from that well after the charlotte thing it's like do we Although, to be fair, Charlotte's beat both of the both of us. I, I mean, by I the same scoreline. Th- like we need to we need to carve out a pod sometime late this month, and carve out some time, do a pod like on maybe get some smarter folks than us, and and figure out what the real impact of MLS Next has been to our league. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> It's interesting. I don't know how many guys are on the squad right now, but I don't think that we're, I think we're about the same as where we sat last we were, year. We were at, we were at 21 and, and we needed, we needed one more right back. No, we needed one more left back to like, to be too deep basically right. everywhere. And now we're, now we've taken an area of strength, right? We had like these yeah. like winger forward types that we just yeah. had like a ton of. And I'm just doing a little uh, side research over here. Uh, Geo had three key passes, which was good for fourth on the team in 112 minutes. And the guys ahead of him are Brito, Meza, Doyle. And the guys at below him are Skears and Kamatani. And all of those guys played three, the lowest was 339 minutes. And Geo played 112. I think, I think a lot of Geo's impact too, uh, is the fact that he was coming on a lot of times as a substitute. So yeah, going against guys that have already been having to deal with Dion and Joe, 
and he yeah. seems to be the Dion replacement. And so they dealt with Dion, and then all of a sudden you throw a younger guy who has uh, a lot more energy. And I think that you know that that helps you a lot more when you're coming on late and you have the energy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope Gio's okay. I, I think the guys will be okay. Um, yeah, I think I think that we have enough long-term professionals even if they're not professionals in this league to know that losses are going to happen well and um, it's it's crazy to think like you know my, my next question in the outline is like what's the impact and, and that's what we're talking about right now yeah. and like i think it's it's crazy to me to think like you know we just lost this like versatile talented fast direct player and like my reaction is like, man, that sucks for him. But I think as a team, we're okay. I'm yeah, like, I mean, if it was if it was a mirror Ryan, I think we'd all be panicking a lot more. Well, it, I I think yeah, yes, because we are too thin in the defense, and we haven't quite hit those heights that we've seen in the past. Or if um, Dalton, Alex, Tush, or defense. or Claudio, if it was any of those guys, I mean, too, like yeah. you know, honestly, if it's like one of those guys, you're at least like, well, at least there's one other guy in the roster that plays that position. And I, whereas, you know, again, Ryan Jiba is one of one right now. I think though, I think if a center back went down, I have a feeling that uh, Jaime may be getting a phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. How committed are you to uh, University yeah. of San Diego right now? Because uh, we got a center back position. Yeah, up Ed the- Gordon, can you play center back? <laughs> well, and I, I think, think that's tall. No, but I think that's where we're going to see Jay having to figure stuff out. Yeah. Whose coverage, uh, you know, Ed, can Eddie play on the wing? If not, who can you push out there? You know, who can you have as a backup type thing? Yeah. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that late in the game, you sub Eddie on for Dion, but you push Connor out wide and let Eddie play in the middle. Exactly. You know, I mean, Connor can do it. it. I wouldn't play him 90 there, but if he needs to finish the game on the wing, I have no problem with him doing that. So, all right. Well, what let's, other news do we just have? Give you, let me just give you, speaking of fast, direct players, let me just give you something I just saw here. You know who is leading the team in expected assists right now? Connor. Kamal Malcolm. Wow. Yeah. And um, who was taking in a baseball game, by the way? <laughs> good, good. You know, I, I mean, saw it on his Insta story. I was like, good for you, Kamal. Yeah. No. And, and, and by the way, that is in like 65 minutes of play. Um, yeah. It's, uh, well, and, okay. But here's the other thing you're right about these attacking players. Now, I don't know that Hugo has been great on the wing. Um, but no, we know I don't can... want to see that again. No offense to Hugo. No. But I think that we have enough guys that rotate up top that if you bring Kamal in to start, you can push a guy like Noe or somebody out wide if need be. If you want to start Kamal and Hugo and then, you know. Yeah, so it's... I think that there are options on the wing if we need to, if Dion can't play or you want to give him a rest or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I think... there's options. And I, I think on the Geo thing, like, it's easy to sit here and be like, it's okay, because he wasn't there. But I think, to me, I think you look at those guys uh, up there, and, like, he, to me, was, like, of the guys on the bench so far mm-hmm. this season, I think he's the one who's most likely to play his way into the side and keep somebody that, you, that we thought was better now on the bench, you know, in a way that – in a way that um, – this is gonna this is gonna blow everybody's mind, but in a way that Elma did in season one, right? Like and kept those guys that like the traditional strikers of Elvier and Juan on the bench. Well, I think that what you're talking about though is a lot of what we saw in season one. Of uh, we started with certain guys in the even in the midfield, you know, like Sebas and guys like that, and as the younger players figured it out, yeah those guys started losing their starting positions because Jay trusted these other guys. And I think that's the hard part is we, we aren't far into this season. And so I think you said it on uh said it on Saturday, this is our first loss since what early October. Yeah. Since now, granted, it's, it's two, it's two seasons, but we also went on an insane tear after that Madison match. 
you know, okay. in, no, including... and like, you know what? We lost five games last year and three in our first season. Like, right. Yeah. We've lost nine total games in three seasons. That's pretty yeah. dang good. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. was there any other news that I missed? Cause no, no, I missed. I made team of the week. I believe he did. I did see that uh, for a really nice goal. <laughs> I mean, it was nice that he scored. It's pretty yeah. scrappy, pretty scrappy goal. It was not Noe Meza against the Chicago Fire. That's okay, though, because Noe needs to be able to score those goals as much as he needs to score the Galazos. I'm pretty sure I, – so I watched the highlights, and I'm pretty sure that the announcer said, ask any striker, they'll tell you, doesn't matter how they look, they all count the same, something to that effect. So It's kind of what you said to your wife uh, when Kamal scored against Fuego. Yeah. She's like, well, it barely went in. It's like, eh, it went in, it's a goal. Also – Kind of like Vin Diesel told Paul Walker after their first street race, doesn't matter if you win. Ask any real racer, they'll tell you, doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, a win's a win. So it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talk about that all the time with uh that's like, from the fast and the furious. No, just that that sentiment, like Nebraska football last year, right? Like yeah. everybody's like, oh all these close losses. And I'm like, guess what? When people look at the record though, all they see is a loss. They don't see that you only lost by a point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Oh man, this is, this is too far out there. But uh, one thing I do like about Ken Pomeroy's college basketball uh, rankings is he tracks luck and like, yeah. you know, which is sometimes a useful thing to look at in a college basketball season when you're like, you know, are, Hey, are we, are we getting crushed because we're losing a lot of games that are coin flips and like, you know, we're losing a lot of coin flips or yeah. whatever. So uh, I have here, did you watch the game? <laughs> I, so Hunter and Olivia, I apologize. Yeah. But while people were giving speeches, my attention may have been split. Yeah, I can um, listen and watch. I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, I may have gotten a few elbows and looks from my wife during the wedding, but, or during the reception. Um, I mean, I, d- I didn't watch it back. Um, I did not watch it back. And my my first watch was limited in scope. Yeah, I mean, I think we both saw enough of what was going on. I will say that where this isn't going to be our typical breakdown is I don't know that I watched closely enough to know how quality and well we were playing throughout the match. Now, I can say based on, I mean, you're going to do a data dump at some point, but based on what the team released statistics wise, we seem to be right in our comfort zone. Um, apparently, passing, I haven't looked at that. <laughs> uh, passing was over 70%. So apparently we need to pass worse. Yeah, no wonder, no wonder we lost. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. Isn't that <laughs> weird? Um, I, from what, from what we watched, I think you and I got to watch a lot more of the first half. Yeah. Uh, because the reception didn't really get going until like after six thirty, Yeah. And so we, we watched pretty much the whole first half. I think the second half we saw basically our goal and their winning goal. I don't know that I remember their, their game tying goal. Yeah. I, I saw it cause it was a mistake of a certain player who's, yeah. uh, you know, significant other was in attendance. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know about a mistake. Like the, that person got out jumped, right? Like uh, dog that happens. Out it does and like you know i i think and how much is that tired legs again oh my gosh yeah and and like i think ultimately for me on the the watching and re-watching i didn't get a great feel in the beginning and like if you know the movie's a tragedy and the main character is going to die at the end in a way that feels pretty unfair i'm not going right. to go back and rewatch the film and like that's kind of where we're at on this yeah. um and so we can just move on uh Thoughts on their second goal, a.k.a. the clearance the didn't count. The ghost goal? Is that your time? <laughs> um, okay, I've said this mul- multiple times. I said it at the reception. I've said it on Discord. I've probably told my wife a few times, even though she could care <laughs> less. Um, if you're going to count that as a goal for them, then the one that we saw in the first half that hit the post and under the crossbar and bounced out should have been a goal as well. Um, I, I agree on our discord. Uh, Camille said, you know, the camera angle was not great. It's never great. Unfortunately, 
and there's no goal line technology. But no, and and the the um the ARs never in the in the never in the shot, which means right. they're close to the goal line. I went yeah. back and watched for that. I I guess in my opinion, from the angle it was at, it looked like it hit off Kevin, it hit just inside the, the post and bounced out. Uh I also said on our Discord when we were all chatting, it reminded me of Dami's pen against Tucson at Morrison, where it hit, and it, but Dami's instead of coming out just rolled across the goal yeah. face, and I feel like it hit a very similar spot on the post. So I don't know. I I also I don't ever remember. I know on the end line and on the touch lines, it the whole ball has to cross the line. Whole ball over the whole line. Yeah. Now, is that true for goals? Or is it just, you know, is it like football? If you get the nose of the ball over, it's a touchdown. No, no, no. It's, it's, it is the, the rule is the whole ball over the whole line. So I, it, it based, based on what we saw, I don't know that the whole ball crossed. I mean, I it, mean, so, so very clearly the AR made the call, right? Like if you watch, if you watch the replay, the it, ref looks over. Like and I give him credit for that. And then signals. Right, yeah. which like what you want to do, exactly. Uh, hard to know how we could see the whole ball over the whole line on it, but again, we're watching in like VHS quality replays here. Like, well, I, it's it's just it's really hard to tell and super far away. So let me give you my because again, I tried to prepare for this podcast. Right? Yeah. And so what I did was I watched it a bunch of times and tried to come up with an argument that wasn't based on. Uh, the direct visual clues because again mm -hmm. un, unaware like you know and again I started with like well maybe the AR had a good angle I don't know the the thing that convinces me that it's not a goal is that Kevin never bothers to look over at the AR true like I'm and so guilty human Im, impulse is to peek and see if you got mm -hmm. away with it he doesn't yep. look until he sees everybody else is looking and the goal has been given. And then he starts center ref and then the line judge or whatever, whatever the, the guy on the side is called the, yeah, the yeah. lines, the air. Yeah, the lines, yeah. Uh, and so like, he didn't think the ball went over now again, like it's a game where, you know, like tricking referees is like a critical part of the game. One of the reasons yeah. Donovan was a better player. Cause he was too honest. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, so it's it's part of the game. Nobody on our team seemed to think it went in. Like well, none of our guys are bothering to look at the AR. Nobody, you know, like you see this thing happen all the time where like a goal goes in and like everybody puts their hand up for offside. Yeah. Like nobody put that, nobody like started nobody tried to wave it off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like everybody's just like, all right, we got it, we got it cleared. In fact, when the ball bounced out, one of our guys goes to clear, and I think it was Dalton on the post that it hit off of yeah. set himself back up to defend again. Cause he assumed yeah. Yeah, it was a rebound back out. Yeah. So, you know, again, our guys are tired. Our guys are whatever. I, I don't know. I can't tell whether it went in or not. Yeah. The next best thing I have to look at is, and, and we'll just move right to this next thing in the outline. Um, Jay Mims comes out today with a two minute video of JMM's looking like he's gone through a recent personal tragedy. Um, well, knowing Jay, he took this as one. Yeah, yeah. Just quick plug. We're, we're thinking we might be talking to Jay this week. So, yeah. Be alert for that. Fingers um, crossed. We probably won't start. Actually, we probably will start with the red card because what else is there going to be to talk about? Well, Jay, Jay I, said the first. We're going to start there because I'm pretty sure Jay's going to want to just focus forward when yeah. once we get to talk yeah jay jay said the phrase that wasn't right about six times and clearly clearly berating the at, way out of his technical box berating the assistant referee who made the call on the goal when when he was carded again now i've also we've also been told that some of what he was going after the AR about was also a uh, some consistent infringement and some stuff against some yeah, of our defenders. I, I, I have heard this as well. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I I think that 
when Jay said in the video today, that was today, right? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I, I watch them so like whenever I want that I don't remember when they actually release them. Oh, no, that's fair. Um, that's why I do uh, tweet notifications so I can just go back and find them quickly. Welcome, welcome um, to the modern world. Yeah, that's right. Um, but Jay said I had to defend my guys. Yeah, he did say that. He did so say that. It, I feel like, now I don't know which yellow he was talking about. Now, that's the other thing, not to get in, somebody on the Facebook post of Jay's video said something to the effect of, a coach should never get a red card. And my comment, ba- get out. So my comment back to him was, well, what about two yellows? <laughs> I was being facetious, but Jay didn't get a straight red. This I wasn't Jay. This was not Jay losing his mind so bad that that ref was like, this guy's out of control, red card. Jay got a yellow earlier in the match. He also, well, early in that half, I think. And then he got the second yellow. I wonder if he is combining both things. And if the first yellow was him complaining too much about our guys and the tackles that were happening. Yeah, that's fair. And then he complained again and maybe threw in a little extra, like, well, if you're not going to call fouls, you know, stuff like that. So, and I think he, he very, you know, like he had all of your, coach talk about like you know you gotta like you gotta learn you gotta grow and like getting hurt helps you learn and grow and like yep you know but the thing I, is, and I don't disagree with him but like I, hate I don't the thing that got me about that guy's comment is I'm okay when coaches get red cards or a basketball coach gets a techno foul or even a football coach gets a 15 yard personal foul for going after a ref when it's to protect their players. Yes. Right? Yes. So if, if you have a player who is, you know, so Dalton is the player that we've been told maybe have been getting hit a little bit, getting roughed up, didn't feel great after that. That act to pieces. Yeah. The thing is, is, Dalton is a three-year player on this team. Yep. I think it's somebody that Jay respects. One of our leaders. Yeah. One of our leaders. And I think that Jay – Jay will go to battle for any of his guys, but he'll especially go to battle for a guy like Dalton who has stuck with it, has played his ass off. Is I've been there for Jay, right? Like he's been there for Jay. He's he does what he's supposed to do back there as a defender. He's the leader of our defensive line, along with Rashid, and especially on Saturday when Kevin Kevin I think is a leader as well. But I think Dalton being a week in week out starter. Yeah, it was the leader of the defense. And I, I think that when a coach gets a red card or a second yellow for protecting a guy like that, I don't have a problem with it. No, now, I have a problem when you have a head coach like Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini, how, how did I know that was going to come up? That was my example. Yeah. I've got another but, one, actually. I've got another example. Of when what when I you have a guy like that that gets personal fouls for everything, then I get mad. Yeah. But, but when you have a guy, you know, if Mike, I think Mike Riley got like one personal foul in his entire time coaching Nebraska. Nicest guy. Sounds but the one time he got it, it was like a serious thing that happened. And yeah. The example, the example that I'll give of like a time when I didn't respect the coach for doing it. uh, St. John's was playing Creighton and getting like blown out. And Chris Mullen just like got a cheap one and the start of the second half. And like, you could just tell he didn't want to be there. And he was like over it and was ready to leave. Right. And like, yeah. Jay got it in the 95th minute. Like it wasn't, he. After a controversial, a controversial call of a goal. Yeah. That may or may not have gone in. And he's already upset because he didn't like the way that it was yeah, being called yeah. for his players. I, Jay is, Jay rarely gets yellow cards, let alone red cards on the bench. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't be mad at Jay for doing that. I just, I don't know. I, I mean, on no, the flip I, side, here's on the flip side, right? If Jay's not protecting his players and not going after us about that, what's that do to the, the team mentality? Absolutely. Right. Now absolutely. those guys are like, man, coach, you're not even watching out for us or protecting us. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, there's always going to be people that think that, uh, think that coaches should be these, like the stoic, respectful guys on the sidelines and stuff, but, I just, I mean, I don't know. And, and maybe it's certain words that came out of Jay's mouth. I don't know. Jay's, Jay's been on the sideline basically his entire adult life. 
right. right? Um, I don't know how long that is, but like, I, I let's let's at least say twenty two years, just conservatively, because sure. I think he I think he was coaching in the late nineties as well. Um, he knows he knows what he's doing, yeah. right? And you know, it maybe it's for the team talk afterward to come back and be able to say, guys, like you're out there giving your all for me. We got screwed, but I made sure that they knew mm-hmm. and it won't happen again next time because of it. Like, you know, I, I think ultimately too, if you can't trust your assistant to handle one league game, agreed. Get a new assistant, especially, right? Like especially against not to downplay Richmond, but against a team you've played before. Yeah. So you know the team, you yeah. know their tendencies. I don't think that Jay's going to go into Richmond feeling like his guys don't know how to handle Richmond. No. Richmond has, hasn't changed. Shut down Terzaghi, you win games. Like, Yeah, it's worked okay but, for us. Yeah. So I think we've all – we've kind of, I think, discussions that have happened uh, offline, everybody's come to the same conclusion that he has to set a league match. It's not the U.S. Open Cup match, right? Uh, that's what I've heard – but like, like I know, and where in the world would I find out? Let's ask Jay if we talk to him on Thursday. <laughs> so typically, uh, typically with players, yeah. if, it's, if it's two yellows, it's usually a one-match ban, and it's within the same, the same structure that you got. The, same competition. Yeah, same competition. Now, there have been instances where that's not true, but that's usually because people do stupid things like – yeah, something like could hurt somebody. Or I, I watched a video about a story um, about uh, back in the, I think it was in the 60s with Cologne. They had a player that didn't want to miss a, uh, didn't want to miss a final. And so he knew that if he got a straight red, he'd have to sit up the next match, whatever it was. And then there happened to be a league match in between. <laughs> and so he just picked the ball up and booted it into the stands one time just to get a red card. But then he did the thing, the Landon Donovan thing, and he was too honest about it. And so then the then the FA and in, in Germany was like, "Oh no, no, no! Now you missed both." Yeah. So, but I mean, Jay getting two yellows. I would hope it would be the next league match. Although I think he also can trust his assistants to take on a U.S. Open Cup match. Yes, Noko. He'll be wearing whatever sock, shirt, combination he needs to be wearing wherever he is. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be harder than him on than anybody else. And like, yeah. you know, he, I think, I think he knows what he's doing. He's not, he doesn't strike us as a hothead. He kept my, his cool at, at other moments. My wish is this. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Baumgart, who coaches Cologne now, uh, he, uh, he had, te- he had had a COVID exposure, wasn't positive, but had a COVID exposure, wasn't allowed to coach a match at this, uh, winter. His daughter filmed him watching the match and filmed all of his reactions. I need somebody yes. to film Jay watching the match on ESPN plus. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I really hope his first comment is, man, this camera angle sucks. Cause that's what we all say. Yeah, no, no, I, right. Like, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that after this, his biggest regret is that, uh, you know, he had to watch it on TV. <laughs> That's my hope. Um, yeah, right, what else you got? Uh, let's put some context on this through a data dump. Yeah. Hashtag data dump. Okay, so let's start with, let's start with draws. Um, okay. Well, first of all, this is the 50th league match we've played. Wow. Including, including playoffs. Okay. So we maybe played 52 competitive matches. I didn't bother including the Open Cup in my analysis here. Fair. Okay. Which would have been complicated. Um, okay. So we, we had five draws our first season, nine last season, and we've had two so far this season for a total of 16. Yep. Of those, four were scoreless draws and 12 were scored draws. Uh, we've had one of each this year. We had two scoreless and three scored year one. And then we had one scoreless last year. and eight scored draws. Okay. So that that's our first sample set, those 16 games. Okay. In those, we were ahead and gave up an equalizer zero times our first season, five times last season, 
and once so far this season, the Madison game, for a total of six, which leaves us having fought back to gain points in 10 of our draws, 10 of our 16 draws. Wow. So, so, so your sample size there really is like, you know, again, again, the idea that like you're dropping points if you're moving from a winning position to a drawing position, you're gaining points if you're going from losing yep. to, to draw. So we've, we've dropped points in six of our 16 draws overall. So we've which had- doesn't, Which doesn't surprise me considering the level of defense we've played. Yeah. That only six times did we- did we go from a winning position to dropping points? I mean, that's that... crazy. We did it five times last year. Yeah. Or I think not it's dropping a... points, but, but like we, we, we went from a win to a draw. Right. Which is dropping two points. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think that, I think that goes to say the, the typically, and this is what I said Saturday too about this match was typically if we score a goal, we all feel pretty good about it because we'll it's not. It, and, no. And you may get to this. I don't know. Uh, Cause I don't know what your data dump is, but no. we very rarely give up multiple goals. I didn't, I didn't track that for this, but you're right. We don't. I mean, I mean, it's not, we never, it I can't say this out loud. I'm, I'm way superstitious tonight. Let's just uh, let's keep moving. I, uh, I will say yeah, yeah go without, ahead. without the empirical evidence, it doesn't feel like we typically give up more than a goal in most matches. I mean, no, I, we can go see what our overall goal difference is, but it's positive, almost certainly. Oh, in yeah. part because out of because last season matches, we've lost nine of them. Yeah. So we had eight losses before this one. Okay. Four of them. So that's half. We gave up the game winner in the first 20 minutes of the game. Oh. Technically the first 18. These would be the games where we lose one nothing and we spend the whole game chasing. Mm-hmm. Which a, is tough. A game archetype that I'm sure you can remember. Well, and that's tough for a counterattacking team because typically yeah. the other team then is not attacking as hard because they have their goal. Couple of couple of notables for you on that. Uh, at Morrison to Tucson and home to Greenville last year. What was Tucson's penalty though? Was that first or oh, second half? Seventh minute. Seventh? God. Yeah. <laughs> you it know, felt late. It that. felt later than that. Yeah. No, no. It was it was really early on. Yeah. Okay. So we have given up two game winners between the 50th and 60th minute. Okay. And that was both against Ford Madison. Fun fact sorry um in fact in fact in the games that counted last year where they drew where they beat us they scored all three of their goals in that time frame Jesus. yeah um and then two game winners were given up between the 70th and the 80th minute the latest all-time losing goal that we've given up was at chattanooga last year in the 79th minute prior to saturday prior to saturday (laughs) (laughs) which remember last year chattanooga was the heart attack kids everybody you know Mm -hmm. and so a 79th minute is not even as late as they were winning some matches last year no and i'm pretty sure and i'm going to double check i didn't write that down um i'm pretty sure that they scored uh so we when we drew them on the third of july Mm-hmm. they scored the 90th plus one yeah um and so that's the latest that we've ever was the latest that we've ever dropped points but previously the the latest we've ever lost a game was the 79th minute we let in goals in just confirming here um the 83rd minute Mm-hmm. So that right there is already the latest or like one of the latest tying goals we've ever given up. Okay. And then the 90th plus four, we gave up a winning goal. And oh yeah, by the way, I tweeted this, but our highest XG chance was Hugo had the ball like three yards out and they and the guy, man, it miraculously saved it and coughed it up and somehow didn't, didn't go in. 
And w- that would have been insane. The ball, I, mm. however, it was not a, as we thought, b- balls also mysteriously crossing the line. Like it wasn't yeah. like it seemed on that one. And, and so, uh, go ahead. I, I think what you're getting at, correct me if I'm wrong, is because we don't see a lot of late winners against us, let me, let me read this one point. This is yeah. the first game in 50 league massage. We had a lead and didn't score points. Yeah. So now here's the thing is without anybody like you pulling that, I don't think a lot of our fans would realize that. But I think when people watch this, maybe the last time you and I did a video that got posted, it got the least amount of views. But Or listen to this. I think that there's going to be the light bulb moment of, that's why this felt even worse yeah. than it probably should uh, is we don't typically give up late goals. Yeah. It, I mean, you beside we've given up three, it sounds like from what you researched from that to drop points in some way, either I, for a draw I, no, I or I didn't actually get that specific yeah. information of like, you know, how many points have we given up in stoppage time? But, but back of the envelope is like, those are the two games is last year at Madison mm-hmm. or last year at home to Chattanooga and this, that's it. Well, and you, so, and then you said there was also one in the 83rd minute. Mm, oh, their first goal. Yeah. <laughs> which, oh, which would have been pretty yeah. late to begin with. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we don't typically, I think what's hard for everybody to swallow on this one is, Taking getting a draw on the road from a winning position sucks, but you're like, okay, it's early in the season. It's another point on the road. You move on. Um, anytime your team, whatever team you're supporting, gets scored on really late to lose, I mean, it's the magic of March Madness, right? Mm-hmm. Buzzer beaters are as what has built that tournament to what it is. Yeah, these, these Cinderella teams hitting a buzzer beater. That's the big thing. And that's essentially, we don't have buzzer beaters in, in soccer, but that's essentially what Charlotte did. They scored as yeah, late as we possible. Almost hit our shot. We almost, we almost did too, but they, they also added time on because of them scoring, him having to check it, yeah. them celebrating, all that stuff. They always add a little bit extra on, which is why we even had that opportunity. Yeah, and it really, I got to say, it really pisses me off they didn't include that chance in the highlights like yeah it was on. a good chance i mean i know it didn't the highest, the highest expected goals of any chance in the entire match yeah so i mean i think that i think there's gonna be a lot of people that are like me right now that go okay this explains why well this, so, this leads me to my next hurts. question rate yeah. this loss for me uh one i don't know what the one loss is but uh a five a five is losing to Madison instead of clinching the league title uh, in a game that never should have finished or never should have happened. Um, you know, I, I don't know what a one is. Um, well, I mean, I guess I'm trying to think, because even, I mean, here, how about this? Uh, you, you know what a, you know what a low emotional impact loss that I feel was uh, that loss to Chattanooga last season uh away mm. like you know like we we're starting uh 18 year old kid that we signed two days before at center back yeah against the league leading team right like yeah I, and i think so i think the loss <laughs> i think losing to madison hurt because whether everybody wants to think it is or not it's basic it's our rivalry right like and, and we, it yeah and it sucked and our guys were playing pretty well leading into that match and really laid a big old egg on that one um i will yes i i will tell you and part of it is my my chosen career path of where i work is i've gotten really good at con, uh, compartmentalizing things yeah. and so when even with this, like, 
I was going to be like, oh, you know, I had a really lovely weekend because guess what? Outside of this team losing, I had a, a delight. My, my the wedding was amazing. My daughter had her first communion on Sunday. That it was awesome. a great time. Yeah, it was amazing. It was uh, she, she looked. She did a great job. Everything was beautiful. Everything went according to plan. We actually had nice weather, and so it, it's really easy for me. And age probably factors into it some too, but it's really easy for me to to move on from a loss because I can now. If this was a loss at in September that made us go from a home game playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I think it would be emotion, a bigger emotional impact. Um, now I will say, because I can compartmentalize when they happen, each loss, they all hurt at yeah, the time. Absolutely. Like it's every one of them. It's like, Oh my God, what happened? Um, but I rating it. I don't, I mean, I don't know that there's, well, for one, we've lost how many times total in three years? This would be nine. Nine. number nine. We're losing. Uh, we're losing like every five games. Yeah. So I mean, out of the nine losses we've had, I don't know that this is like the one that I was like so emotionally distraught over. Um, yeah. So I got a theory on this because yeah. I wasn't either, and like I don't think it's where we were. I don't think it's what we're doing. I don't think it's how great the weekend was. We had a we have three people in my household on antibiotics, including myself, for sinus infections right now. Yeah, thank you, home opener and the wind. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, we had a great weekend too. But it, it wasn't that. It's this in my this is my mind. Um, we had like such a chip on our shoulder as fans mm -hmm. for those first two seasons because nobody believed in us, nobody respected us, nobody would acknowledge that sure. we had validity to exist in this league right like and slowly but surely it happened like a little bit at a time right sure but like so a, a loss to a team like madison right where like their fans were were difficult when we were coming in the league a loss to greenville a team we view as our you know our, our true rival like they're celebrating in front of us like they just won a cup or something like I guess they did win a belt. So like, you know, whatever, <laughs> but, but we won a championship last year and we won the league and we won the cup. And like, we absolutely flattened every team in our way in the playoffs. And because of it, you know what? Like if we're in a little bit of a rebuilding year, because most of our team from last year is off succeeding in the championship and you know, we're going to have some ups and downs. And like, so, this, this hurts a little bit, but you know what? It's fine because I have a star on my crest and a picture of me holding the belt in the cup on November 20th last year. So season one, we had, it was 16 total matches, right? It was half yep, a season. We lost, we lost three. And it, it, but we didn't lose one until our ninth game. Right. And then we lost so, three in a row. Right. But so I think what you're saying, I think that that Chattanooga loss probably was harder on me than this one because mm. because of exactly what you said was I wanted this team so badly to prove to all these people that were saying they haven't kicked a ball yet they haven't done this whatever yeah and and, and whatever it's been two it's seasons now history yeah I'll I'll admit I'll admit to this now because it's been two seasons <laughs> but even some of those draws those things that we had leading up to that first loss I was. I wanted us to keep winning and play so well, and I wanted it to be successful. Set those records, right? Like, well, yeah. because I because I, I'm a petty person by nature sometimes, Ben. And part of it for me was let's, but like it's like rub it in their face type thing. Like, look, you said we couldn't do it, and we and went we're on the longest, fucking best at it. Yeah, like, yeah, and that, it was one of those things. It was just like so. I think when we lost to Chattanooga. I had two emotions from that match in 2020. The first was relief because now it's like, okay, they got a loss off their chest. Right. But the second one was, oh crap. Like what does this result in? You know? Yeah. And, and then obviously the rest of that season played out the way it did. But I, I think that's why even last year, and I think last year, even the losses we had, they were seemingly, if I remember right, spread out fairly. Very, very. And 
that team, even throughout the season, felt like a team that was destined to, at the very least, be playing in the championship game again. Obviously, we didn't think that the the playoff would go the way it did with how like convincingly we won both matches. But I I think that that's a lot of that. And I don't know. I mean, I I have this tendency, the only team I really root for that wasn't like a giant first and then has like fallen off the wayside is FC Cologne. <laughs> because, you know, in my time supporting them and in the time that I've been aware of them even, They've been a mid to low table team in the Bundesliga or had to fight their way back and get promoted. So it that team is just, you know, they've just never been there. But I'm, I mean, a lot of people know I'm a Manchester United fan. That team's fallen way off. Um, even in my, uh, my other non. I too am looking forward to an American billionaire buying my European club. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just, I mean, Hey, stuff anybody on, but the Ricketts, like it's 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 yeah, gonna be okay. Fair. No matter what happens, at least it's not. At least I'm never gonna have to see Pete Ricketts That's like right. holding, you know, sitting next to DDA Drogba. Thank Ooh. goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pete would probably mess his name up. Um, sure the, I mean, I'm a Nebraska football fan. Clearly, yeah. they, you know, it, it's stuff like even even the prof- the some of the other professional sports teams I follow. Yeah, the Chiefs have been good lately, but they were god awful for all the years i supported them as a kid yeah yeah crap forever yeah i watched i watched a lot of kansas city royals baseball with you know a third full stadium and you could walk up the day of and buy tickets because the team only won 30 to 40 games a season like so you know but like i've i've kind of supported both and i don't know that i don't see that this is a team that this is the downhill slide no no, I just we're gonna look have at a, it as we're gonna it's have a, a bump in the road. We're gonna have a. It's gonna be a little bit rough for a while. And, and let's be real, we all knew this was gonna come when you win a championship and all of your best players get move on and go up. We have twelve players playing elsewhere. Yeah, and playing a lot of them playing very very well. Yeah, I haven't done owls away, but we'll we'll talk about that on the Discord. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm a person that losses in the moment hurt a lot more than as time goes on. Yeah, and part I, of it, I'm I, also on the wrong side of 35 at this point and it, it, inching closer towards 40. And I think the that right that side of 35. Yeah, that works too. But that I think plays a lot into it too. It's just like, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't get us wrong. You and I are both huge. Fit. We wouldn't do a podcast. I've, I've, I've cried. I've cried about soccer games before, but this was not one of them. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I always say draws and losses this early don't <laughs> draws and losses this early in the season don't affect me as much as as we get closer and it and it really gets to be that time where it's like, oh crap. Because even with this loss, where'd we end up in the table? Oh, I don't know. I haven't paid attention. I mean, it, we're not. Just speaking of Nebraska football, uh, yeah. last week had a lot of like uh, order restored vibes. <laughs> Very uh, true. Nebraska's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I was, I had a respect. And then Clemson won a national title, not Nebraska. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I think um I think I, I think it I think it is gonna be a process. You know, th- uh, the the Chicago Fire win, the three nil win at home, top of the table, best defense in the league. So, it all seemed right, but it, here's the thing. Okay. Now this is fought mob. Yeah, love it. Currently, fought. currently we're in now we've we've played Hailstorm are in seventh right now, but we they have a game in hand because okay. they haven't played their fourth. And Chattanooga's played five, so they've played one more. So we're currently in sixth with a win, two draws, and a loss. We have six goals for, four against, or plus two at five points. The teams that are one through five are all sitting on tied for technically – all tied on seven points. The only reason Richmond right now is in first place is because they have a goal difference of four. Yeah. Yeah. This is why. And so, I mean, yeah. You know, and, and here's, here's the weirdness of this table right now. Richmond in first is not weird to me. Richmond could easily be a team that ends in first place this season. Yep. But 
Second and third right now are Tormenta in second and Charlotte Tormenta in third. Tormenta is legit. I am to- like, how many goals has Tormenta given up? How many goals? One in five One. games. Yeah. Now they've only scored four, but yeah, they've in given this up league, one. That that is five. Yep. Ask now, one D twenty Union Omaha. <laughs> how many how many goals has Charlotte given up? Oof. CLT? Seven. Yeah, and we only scored one. We had and they've and, and the only reason that they're they have a goal if they wouldn't have if we would have drawn that match. They would have had seven, four, and seven against for zero. Right now they're at eight and seven. Yeah. Nah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild year. And, and here's the thing. I think Charlotte, so Chattanooga is in fourth. They've played five matches. They've given up six goals in five matches. Um Fuego has given up six goals in four matches, but also scored six. So I mean, defensively, outside of Tormenta, we are playing better than or on par with all the other teams that are in playoff positions right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing, too. It's like, yeah, the loss sucks. But if if today was the last day or if Saturday would have been the last day of the season, we still would be in the playoffs. Now, it would be going on the road to, <laughs> to Charlotte. But, you know, it's – I take it. We almost had them. We almost had yeah. them. <laughs> But this is this is where we once again splice in the uh, almost had me. You almost had your car. Ask any real racer. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, All right. what else you got? Because we uh, we claimed we wanted to be done by nine thirty, and we uh, who gives a hoot? Jay Mims gives a hoot. Yeah, but also <laughs> we we do. Uh, oh wait, hold on. <laughs> 